BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. episode 492. My name is Paul Garcia and I am the host of the Spurs cast. Joining me uh, from Houston, Texas is uh, Project Spurs' John Diaz. John, how you doing, man? How pessimistic can I be for this podcast? <laughs> hey, uh, you know, the war. well, if you want to use the, the, the cliche, the Warriors just took care of business, basically. <laughs> I mean, so far, uh, if you take away the double-digit losses that the Spurs just suffered uh, in their first yeah. two playoff games. <laughs> Um, Man, game two was kind of brutal, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into this, John. Um, so Spurs cast listeners, if you're listening, uh, I mean, uh, of course you're listening, but as, as you know, the Spurs did fall, as John and I just mentioned, um, on Monday night to the Warriors in Oakland, uh, 116-101. Just a, a kind of a brief overview. You know, this was actually a closer game throughout the first half. Uh, the Spurs actually went to halftime with the six-point lead, 53-47. The third quarter, uh, the Thunder did kind of hit the Spurs in the mouth, but they punched. They, they kind of weathered the storm. The San Antonio fell down by eight. They ended up tying the game, uh, taking a mini lead. Uh, and then they were only down by five going into the fourth. However, in the fourth, um, Pop had to wrestle Marcus and, and Rudy Gay and go, uh, Golden State rested Kevin Durant, but then Clay Thompson just uh, pretty much went right, right, at, right at Bryn Forbes and the Spurs' defense. And so the Spurs were outscored 8-2 in a minute and 30 seconds. And from then, Golden State had their first double-digit lead up by 11 from that point on, the you know, Pop put, put in all his main players. Uh, they ended up falling down by 15. With 2.33 left, Pop basically waved, waved the white flag, and they were down 13 at that point, and the game was basically over. We kind of knew. Once they went down by 15, it was pretty evident that the Spurs were going to lose this game. Um, so, John, what I want to do first is uh, I'm going to go over this. So this, this first, uh, kind of like what Mike and I did last week on the episode, or last time on the episode, should I say. I'm going to go over some of my defensive notes, John, so you kind of tell me if you agree or if there's something different that I missed that, that you kind of um, saw from your observations um, some of my defensive notes, uh, one, they kind of let Duran get his own, like kind of just, you know, what are you going to do? You're, you don't have Kawhi Leonard. Just do do as much as you can to kind of play him one-on-one, let him get his points. Uh, they rolled the dice, the Spurs, on on making McGee beat them. He only had 10 points this time. Uh, Iguodala and Draymond Green, you know, Iguodala did have th- uh, three big threes in the first half, in the first quarter, should I say. But then after that, oh, he ended up shooting four, four or five from the game. But, you know, you're going to leave those kind of guys open that aren't proven three-point shooters. Uh, the Spurs were better physically on defense. Um, they also had better communication in the first half on, on Clay's pin downs. Uh, 
Spurs misses basically just give the Warriors transition opportunities. I mean, that's just kind of common. Uh, and then I put Mills, Forbes, Manu can't guard Clay. Um, Bigs need to step up on on Clay's multi screens. Um, are are those kind of some of the things you saw as well, or is there anything you wanted to add to that on defense for the Spurs? Yeah, uh, you know. I mean, where do you begin? Because, you know, obviously Pop made the adjustment to start Rudy because of the offense and take Kyle out. And the only person that pretty much stopped Kevin Durant all night was Kyle Anderson because Durant was 0 for 4 on Kyle. But, you know, it it doesn't matter when Clay's kind of targeting Bryn Forbes and Patty Mills just from the jump and getting whatever he can. Um, I like that the Spurs were, you know, crashing the boards and trying to keep trying to contain Golden State as much as they did. And, you know, something that... I got from, you know, the Austin Spurs head coach, Coach Ahern, which is, you know, something that San Antonio kind of, you know, uses throughout their entire organization is there's two things you can control, attitude and effort. And that's the most noticeable difference from game one to game two is that the Spurs came out really aggressive, kind of hit them in the mouth and, you know, win after loose balls, tried to get as many deflections as possible. And you can see that it threw Golden State out of their game for the first half because it kind of like, weren't expecting that little bit of a puncher's chance. And then in the second half, you know, they just throttled the Spurs. And it's just one of those things, like, you know, with this team that you have to pick your poison and there's only so much you can do to guard them or contain them in this sense. Yeah, so so some of the high uh, that that's actually uh, makes sense, especially like I mentioned you, you, what you said about Ahern's words have kind of matched what we saw on tape, which was that that physicality San Antonio brought that effort. Uh, you know, they were diving for loose balls, getting you know get, getting into guys' jerseys, kind of thing, especially in that first half. Um, some of the uh, the the leading scores for Golden State: Kevin Durant finishes with 32 points on 19 shots. Clay Thompson pretty much erupted in, in the second half, specifically the fourth quarter. Clay put uh, 16 of his 31 points up in the fourth quarter. Uh, Iguodala gave them 14, and then uh, David West off the bench with 10 points. Um, so, John, now let's go over to the Spurs. And the Spurs' defense, you know, by quarter, they did hold the Warriors to 23 and 24 individually in the first and second quarter. Then in the third and fourth, they fell apart, like you mentioned, where um, <clears throat> Golden State's offense just came alive, 33 points in the third and then 36 in the fourth. Let's go over to the Spurs' offense. Um, their leading scorer was LaMarcus Aldridge, 34 points and 21 shots. Uh, second was Patty Mills at 21 points on, on 16 shots. Then uh, Rudy Gay did get the start. That was the one change Pop made. Uh, uh, he got he had 12 points, finished with five rebounds, and then uh, off the bench were Monte Ginobili with 10 points and Pau Gasol with 12. So, John, I'm going to kind of read you some of my notes on the offense and let me know what you if uh, you have anything else to add or if you, some other takeaways. Um, one, one thing I wrote down was the defense backs off Murray, Parker, and Anderson. You know, Pop mentioned after the game that it's hard to play lineups when, when non-shooters. And, and this is difficult because you see, I mean, I was watching the tape. Just, I just watched, rewatched most of the game. And Iguodala literally stands like four or five feet off Murray. There were possessions where they were treating Murray like Tony Allen, where uh, they had their centers. Yeah. JaVale McGee guarding him on some possessions. Kevon Looney. I mean, this, that's, that's bad when he's kind of unplayable as far as like the offensive end, even though as good as he can be defensively in the, in the element he adds. It also makes it very difficult for the Spurs to run any kind of pick and roll because, it, it, all, all, you know, the, the defenders are kind of just there in the area. And then also... Um, and the post was for LaMarcus, they're, they're more difficult with Murray because then the, the Warriors can just easily send the double or triple teams toward Aldridge's way. Um, something else I wrote down, um, Aldridge was basically dominant one-on-one versus anyone. McGee, Draymond, Kevon Looney, David West, he had his way with anyone if you gave him a one-on-one matchup. Um, the Spurs were very patient in setting up their offense. You know, they didn't, kind of, they, didn't, they didn't rush it if it was in the half court. They kind of took their time. They assessed what's going on. Do we have a mismatch? If we don't, let's get a pick and roll going. So they were, they were a lot more patient, especially in that first half. Um... You know, Pop mentioned this after the game, that basically the reason why the Spurs lost was because they just couldn't make shots. They shot 428 from three, 14%. Um, you know, 
one thing is they just couldn't even make open shots. I looked at their 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 data from Second Spectrum Sports and the and the eye test matches this. The Spurs shot 15 of 45 on wide open uncontested shots, 33 percent, and they actually had more open shots than uh, contested shots where the Warriors um, contested 40 of their looks. So again, that, that makes sense when you think of like how they were just backing off Kyle Anderson and Murray and Parker, as we mentioned earlier. And even some of the Spurs' good three-point shooters like Danny, Patty Mills, uh, Davis Bertans, they got good opportunities, Manu, but they just couldn't make them. Something else I wrote down, uh, Mills was actually um, had, had his shot off the screen, whether it was off the dribble or coming off screens. Um, turnovers obviously equal automatic points for Golden State. The Spurs need way more spread pick and roll lineups, so maybe putting more Bertans on the floor, more Manu, more Pau Gasol. And then there was a lineup that worked pretty well for San Antonio. I mean, the lineup that, that basically lost the game for San Antonio was uh, that Parker, Forbes, Danny Green, Bertans, Powell lineup to begin the fourth. Um, what what did you see from the offense? It, God, you just like – are you reading off my notes? Is there a camera in my apartment or something? <laughs> my know, goodness. Man. Like, like I, I had the thing about the uncontested shots too, you know, 15 for 45. And in game one, they were they shot 46.5% from, you know, uncontested uh, shots in the whole game. And it, it's one of those things where, you know – Obviously, it's something that we've said before that role players shoot better at home. And, I mean, it's pretty much evident when Davis Bertans is one for seven. But you can't be mad at some of those attempts. Like, you know, Bertans needs to be out on the floor. And, you know, having him play 26 minutes is not something I expected in this entire series. But you can't let, you know, you're going to have nights where Danny's not going to be able to score. But, I don't know where to begin because, like, I, I love that the Spurs ran a lot of high-low with Gasol and Aldridge, which was kind of good. And, yeah, they were more patient. LaMarcus was able to get to the line and pound his, you know, way in. And it, you, There's only so much you can say when they're going to just miss wide-open shots all night. And, yeah, <laughs> funny enough that you mentioned that lineup, you know, of, of Bertans, Forbes, Gasol, Green, and Parker – with the net rating of negative 26. So that's what? always good. <laughs> oh, I didn't look but, that one up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, My, mine just it, says it, toast. That's all it says. <laughs> that's literally what it says. Like it said, toast and that's yeah, it. Just, it just has that lineup. It says fourth quarter lineup <laughs> to start equals toast. That's all it says. <laughs> that's all that matters anyway. But yeah, so. you know, it, it, you, you have to pick your poison. Golden state did a really good job of, you know, you keep one of Durant clay or Draymond on the floor at all times. And they played 16 different lineups in the whole game. They played two minutes without any one of those all-stars. And that's, you know, that's what Steph Curry sitting there hurt on the bench. Like, the fact that they can still go almost an entire game with one of those guys on the floor at all times is insane. And then, of course, the last two minutes, it was just garbage time. And then the Spurs, you know, 19 lineups, three were without LaMarcus and Rudy. And in that five-minute stretch was that, that bad lineup of, you know, the, the five that we mentioned. With, without Rudy and without LaMarcus, that's where you lost the game. You know, and it, you can only do so much having Rudy in for however many minutes and having LaMarcus on the floor for however long. It, it's kind of difficult to put both of those guys, or, you know, just one of them in the game when no one else is hitting shots. You know, granted that those are your two, quote, star players without Kawhi. You, you need one of them on the floor at all times, but you can only do so much with the other four around them if no one's hitting shots. Yeah, and one thing I want to talk about was how you mentioned, you know, guys that are un- – it's not co- as common for Davis and, you know, Danny Green and these guys to miss wide-open shots. But you did see in the tape that the Warriors do respect those players. They they were – you know, that's why that's why that's what allowed Aldridge to go one-on-one a lot of times or to, you know, have more spread pick-and-roll action was that they, they – when, when, compared to Murray, Anderson, and Parker, the uh, the defenders actually stayed on Danny's Danny as close as possible. They stayed on, on Davis at, at times. Uh, only when the Spurs would kind of penetrate the defense is when those guys would get open shots. 
So th- there is that, that level of respect a little bit for, for the Spurs. And obviously, if they're not knocking down shots, the, the Warriors will triple-team LaMarcus more often, as we saw in the second half. But just th- their, their presence on the floor does allow the San Antonio that more open spacing. I think that's what Pop might point to heading into uh, at home, like you mentioned, where the percentage shift from three should increase. Okay, John, so let's go ahead and go into some adjustments the Spurs can try to make for game three. Um, <clears throat> first, let's begin with defense adjustments. So so I guess I was wrong last week. I mean, not technically wrong, but on the last one, I thought Pop wouldn't start Patty Mills. I just thought he was too much where the Warriors are targeting him. They The Spurs did a better job of communicating uh, on those kind of pin downs so that they couldn't get Mills in mismatches. Uh, and then also that the Warriors actually just didn't even go after him as much in the first half. We did see, though, in the second half that Clay kind of had his way with Patty and then uh, getting away from him and then also just with him on him and then same thing for Brent Forbes and Parker. Um, so, so some, some recommendations, I guess, or, or adjustments I would, I would consider is maybe, um, uh, putting, uh, Danny Green or, or DeJounte Murray on Clay Thompson. Danny did, uh, guard, uh, Clay for a few possessions and, uh, you know, Clay, Danny's a bigger defender. Obviously he gets more in Clay's space, doesn't make it as comfortable for him. And Zach Lowe had put that, you know, maybe give DeJounte a, a chance if he's out there. Now that's again, if DeJounte's even out there, cause we saw that pop just basically didn't play him at all in most of that game. Um, I would also say, um, let Kevin Dur- let let Rudy Gay uh, guard KD. You know, I I think that not trying to double KD could just kind of hey you make it man a, a mid range jumper just pulling up that's fine. You know we're, you have to live with KD getting thirty to forty points and just trying to keep Rudy out of foul trouble. That way Danny Green can maybe be able to guard uh, Clay off all those, that screen action. Um, I would also consider maybe starting Davis Bertans uh, instead of Murray or maybe um, Green putting a uh, Manu in there as well. Uh, just to you have a full lineup with um, with all shooting, you know, spacing on the floor. That's kind of what you need. I'm not sure yet if, if Pop's ready to punt on on the Murray, um, you know, ex- experiment just yet. Especially since Murray has that confidence earlier in the year when he got that starting point guard role. But right now, he doesn't look like he has a lot of that confidence. It's only been two games. I would also say do your best to limit Clay. Uh, basically, roll the dice with the, the other Warriors. So I would say basically let KD get his 30 to 40 points. You know, whatever he does in one on one matchups. And try your best to kind of take Clay out of the game as much as possible, limit him because, like, like I mentioned, you have to live with Igodala making some threes or Draymond or, or seeing if McGee can get that pick and roll action going, uh, and then also hope the Warriors turn it over. They were a little careless in the first half, which allowed San Antonio to hang in the game, and that's kind of something that's kind of in their team. What, what would you consider on some uh, some defensive adjustments? Yeah, the turnovers. You know, I, I don't expect the Spurs to only turn the ball over nine times again in, in Game Three, so that's going to be kind of a sticking point because if Golden State can run off those turnovers the way they're running off of misses then they're toast um I like the idea that you put out of starting Bertons it's just you know who do you, who's that bench unit then because you you kind of throw out your entire offense out there and you know Kyle Anderson's gonna have to get minutes Tony Parker's gonna have to get minutes and so is Manu and at some point you know you, you just have to live with the results and hope that someone like Danny can kind of step up at home make some more baskets um I wouldn't mind seeing Gasol start, honestly, over, you know, kind of just going extremely big and trying to make Golden State uncomfortable early on. But the Gasol pairing with coming off the bench with David West actually helps them a lot, too, because Powell can kind of, you know, draw David out of the paint and let LaMarcus operate a little bit more. And then you have to live with his results defensively, too, which isn't necessarily great. It's just going to come down to, you know, staying physical and staying active and if Kyle Anderson can find some kind of magic maybe offensively you know in in whatever he can do if he could hit a corner three for the love of god please Kyle a corner three that hits rim would be great and and have him on there because he has the defense down it's just offensively is where this team is struggling but yeah there's only so much you can do this roster it doesn't have the pieces it needs to defend whether it's an athletic wing that can defend or 
you know, an off, a, a wing that has some kind of offense to help you out there if you're going to get into a shootout with them. Yeah, no, and especially the, the Kyle part. I mean, like you mentioned, he's one of their better defenders. He, ba- uh, he he basically guarded Kevin Durant throughout most of the season, the regular season, and now he's not getting this opportunity because of his, his lack of offensive spacing that he, that he provides. I mean, even that second three-pointer that he took from the corner where he just kind of, like, clanked the rim, I mean, that was that did not look good. His, like, his, like wrist almost, yeah. like, like, twitched when he shot it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. It was, it's, it's, it's a difficult series for him. Um, John, let's go over and look at some off- some offensive adjustments. These kind of playing – they're kind of tied in with the defense. Uh, I would say – I mean, you said play Kyle. I would almost say, from what it looks like from Pop, it almost looks like limit the non-shooter minutes, which is Murray, Kyle Anderson, and Parker. And that's tough because Murray and Anderson are two of your better defenders that you want out there. But, you know, Pop, Pop mentioned it after the game, is like they basically need scoring right now. They just cannot put points on the scoreboard, and that's why they're trying to figure out these, these offensive combinations. Um, I would also say, like you mentioned earlier, try to find the best way that you can try to stagger Gay and Aldridge's minutes as best as possible. In the first half, Powell was kind of the go-to guy uh, when Gay and Aldridge went to the bench at the beginning of the second quarter. And they were kind of okay. They are working him through the post um, where he was kind of moving the ball through the, through the post. But in, this, in that fourth quarter, like we mentioned, when the, when the Warriors basically took that 11-point lead, the Spurs couldn't get anything going. Nobody could create. So I think that's where, that's where the key is of, of getting trying to get Gay at least, uh, maybe pulling him out of third quarter a little bit earlier, maybe even, even just two to three minutes, and then get, getting him to start the fourth quarter. That way you, you don't have any minutes without one of he or Aldridge on the floor. Um, especially in the second half. I would also say more lineups where you can use more spread pick and roll action because even if you don't get anything on the, on the, on the, on the initial pick and roll, it lets LaMarcus get some sort of matchup in the post. And then, of course, if you have shooters around him, they're not going to double or triple team as much. And then uh, my last thing I wrote down for adjustments is <laughs> not really an adjustment, just hope shots go in. You know, at home this year, the Spurs <laughs> shot. Yeah, I mean, at home, the Spurs shot the 36% from three at home, and then on the road, it fell by 1%, 35%. Uh, so you kind of just have to hope that these guys, the role players, the shooters, kind of have their confidence at home. They're used to the rims of the AT&T Center, and they kind of just um, can make their shots. Did you have any other offensive adjustments you wanted to add? Honestly, no. You know, like you mentioned, it, it's kind of impossible to bench DeJounte Murray now because you don't want to kill the kids' confidence in the playoffs, especially when the outcome's kind of already decided where Golden State's going to advance. Everyone's kind of aware of that. Um, if you get to a point where Bryn Ford isn't doing anything offensively, and they're still targeting him defensively. And here I go again, like, give Derek White a chance. You know, he adds a little bit of extra length. He can run off the pick and roll. He can penetrate and shoot. You know, granted that the experience might be rough for him. They may kind of do, you know, throw Iggy at him and just make his life a living hell. But at this point, you have to just try anything that will work out. And, you know, yeah, hope shots go in and hope that the home confines are a little friendlier for you guys and hope that their role players – you know, granted, there's only so many that they play because, you know, Clay and KD are going to kill you no matter what. Just hope that you can limit the kind of damage when they go to the bench. And yeah, I'm, I'm kind of lost. I'm lost for answers with this team at this point. You know, we kind of expected this, but just watching it, it's just delaying the inevitable. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you, too. I've kind of jumped on the Derek White trick, especially when, when you know Kawhi's not coming back. I mean, if, if Kawhi was in the series, okay, it's a little bit different about testing a rookie and giving him real minutes in the playoffs. But if, like, like you mentioned, we kind of know the outcome, and so it doesn't hurt to at least try it. If he, if he messes up, you know, on, on three to five possessions, then just take him out and don't play him. Then you know. But for now, I, I would just say the 6-5 length, uh, it's harder to, 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 kind of del- to try to kind of take advantage of him as far as, um, like, Clay Thompson in the post. And so, so that's a little bit better than, than them just uh, going straight for Patty Mills or, uh, or uh, Brent Forbes. Uh, John, let's go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll be right back. 
This podcast is brought to you by ADT. When it comes to something as important as your family safety, you need real protection with ADT. What does real protection mean for you? Well, real protection means you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You'll get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you, including 18,000 employees safeguarding you and your family, along with a connection to first responders. Your secure smart home includes everything from video doorbells and indoor and outdoor cameras to smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT Go app or the sound of your voice. You can also get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Everything is custom designed to fit your home, all from the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can even get safety on the go in the car or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Ready to learn more? Visit ADT.com backslash podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. Thank you for listening to SpursCast, episode 492. I am joined by John Diaz of ProjectSpurs.com. If you're on Twitter, please follow him, at by John Diaz. Uh, okay, John, so our last topic, let's talk about uh, you know the, the guy that we always have to talk about because of the situation is uh, Kawhi Leonard. Mm, no. um, his name is still in the national news because obviously the Spurs are in the playoffs. He's not there behind the bench. So every, there's, there's all these stories, stories being written about him, um, both pro-Kawhi stories and then anti, you know, basically, you know, you, you've heard it all. I'm pretty, pretty sure the Spurs cast listeners have too. So, so one thing that did come out is uh, Sham Strani of Yahoo Sports over the weekend. He did put out that that Kawhi, according to his sources, is out for the playoffs. Basically, they're going to shut him down. I mean, he's not he's not coming back, should I say? And he's going to stay in New York, uh, continuing to try to rehab to get to full health over the summer. Um, the Spurs haven't officially rolled him out. They'll just keep him out on a game by game basis uh, with those injury reports saying return from injury management. Um, there, there was obviously some some quotes after the game. Um, Pop after the game, basically praised Aldridge and um, said something like along the lines of like, you know, LaMarcus has been there for his team night after night after night. And, he, and you know, Twitter, of course, went crazy because they thought that, you know, maybe that's a shot at Kawhi. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. Uh, so anything that's happening right now that, that, you know, the players or Pop talks about in, in regards to praising somebody and then it basically looks bad on, on Kawhi's side on the other end from, from the other side of those comments. Uh, one interesting thing that did come out, though, over the weekend was um, the San Antonio Express News, uh, Jabbar Young, he wrote a piece basically Saying that Kawhi, you know, went to New York with, with the um, with the permission, not permission, but kind of um, consultation with the Spurs as well and his own doctors, and that they kind of agreed to to have him do this rehab program in, back in March. But one thing Jabari mentioned was that um, in his piece was that several league executives have, have basically, um, you know, been, been quoted as saying that um, they they actually they're thinking that the Spurs may not offer Kawhi the supermax this summer, and that's kind of new news. I kind of heard some whispers whispers about that, but you know, the, the, the Express News officially put that out that you know some 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 GMs do think that there's a chance now that the Spurs will not offer him that supermax. And from the Spurs' sake, I mean, you got to look at this today that you and I are recording this. It's May seventeenth. That's less than a month from a year that we've seen Kawhi at that at MVP level before Zaza stepped under his foot. So I mean. You know, you haven't seen the guy play basketball over a year now. There's obviously this disconnect uh, between his, his his camp and the Spurs, or as Pop calls them, his group and the Spurs. Um, just kind of what's your overall uh, comments, I guess, uh, on, on this situation, the latest news? So, you know, obviously we, you know, we kind of like protect what we report and stuff like that because we're not trying to, you know, hurt our access or put anything erroneous or that we can't confirm. But, you know, we, we kind of knew the thing about Kawhi already that he was – in New York with, you know, Spurs personnel and that they were kind of looking after him. And obviously, 
you know, I, I feel like the people that are attacking Kawhi and attacking the organization for, you know, what they did and didn't do, like the Spurs haven't ruled him out for the season and Kawhi is not speaking for himself. Well, this is what happens. You know, you seek outside medical, you know, counsel and you're still feeling pain. You're obviously kind of worried about your quad. It's it's not an injury that just goes away. It's not a bruised quad. It's not a torn quad. It's a diseased quad, like from what we know, what they've been calling it. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where his doctor has final say and the Spurs just have to live with that. And obviously if, if they can tell that he's getting better and they think that in the long run, this is what's going to save his leg and his career, then by all means go for it in terms of not offering him the supermax, that does throw a little bit of a wrinkle into like, Whoa, wait a minute. Do they see that? Hey, maybe we trade Kawhi with a year left. Do we, you know, make him earn the Supermax again next season? Because obviously he would have to earn, I think, what was it, first-team All-NBA? You may yeah, have he'd, have to be, he'd have to make one of the All-NBA teams, is what I, if I recall. Yeah, so, you know, you make him go out there and earn it. and it, it, It's one of those things where we haven't seen, like you said, we haven't seen him play basketball. No one knows what he's going to be like. And he's had the quad issues in the past. He's had injury push issues in the past period. So, you know, uh Worst comes to worst, like, hey, if, if they have to let him go and they have to strip this thing down and start all over, then by all means, you, we can become the next trust the process and turn into the Sixers in a couple in a couple years. But, you know, as long as he's getting better and what's best for him, you, know, you have to trust the doctors at this point. We're, we're not going to see him anytime soon. And granted that the Spurs have the 18th pick and they still have assets to move around. You know, they have none of these contracts are immovable. Even if Kawhi gets offered the Supermax this summer, and he's not the same player. Let's say he turns into like a Dwayne Wade where you're only going to get 50, 60 games out of him, but he still performs at an elite level, maybe 10 or 15 of them. You can still move that contract. Granted, it's not going to be for another superstar or another best player in the NBA on, on any given night, but it, there's, there's only so much that you can say, okay, well, situation's out of our hands right now. Let's focus on this summer. We were here last year with LaMarcus, and look how that turned out. This guy's an all-star, and... In, in the consideration for MVP, and he signed an extension. So it could be worse, and it could and it could get a lot better. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously, like I told Mike uh, last episode, it's, it's just going to keep, um, you know, in a, in a way it's almost going to keep snowballing, especially, um, you know, if, of course, if, if, he, if he doesn't come out and say something. Um, and, you know, he has said that he doesn't want to finish as a spur, but I'm, I'm just talking about, like, kind of providing more details, I think, what would help the situation, whether it's his his medical staff needs to maybe put, like, a report, a more detailed report of what's going on, just something along those lines. But anyway, I, I was just going to say, uh, you know, as the draft approaches, that's when it's really going to get interesting um, as, you know, with all these rumors and reports of teams being interested in all these different um, articles of disconnect uh, between he and the team. So, obviously, this is probably going to continue until, you know, there's some sort of um, – I guess clarity on the situation from from both from both parties outside of what, what's going on right now, especially what you know how, how pop, you know people are taking some of these quotes and kind of making their own continuing the narrative <laughs> yeah. that, there's, that there's some disconnect between both um, situations. Uh, well, let, not only ahead. that, but like like with the quotes, it's like you know I, I like our very own Tom Petrini said like it kind of seemed like a thinly veiled shot at Kawhi, but at the same time, maybe he's just trying to pump up Lamarcus. You know, this is a guy that. He tried to change, and he's gotten a no, and he put his trust in him, and maybe he just wants to give LaMarcus that confidence. At the same time, it's just, <laughs> you know, kind of at a loss of words, but it's like I, I put the thing on Twitter earlier because, they, you know, the Celtics mentioned that Gordon Hayward won't be traveling with the team or anything, that they told him to stick to his rehab. And I had Spurs fans telling me, yeah, but he wasn't – was he cleared by team doctors? Like, he can barely run and walk and this and that. And it's like 
the, the difference between Gordon Hayward and Kawhi is that people expected Gordon Hayward to miss the entire season. With Kawhi, no one really wanted to believe that was the case. With a quad injury that no one really knows how he sustained. But at the same time, Gordon Hayward's active on social media, showing you progress of his rehab and every single day. Meanwhile, Kawhi's hold up with his own doctors at the Players Association gym doing things quietly because that's not who he is. He's not going to come out and talk if he doesn't have to. He's not going to show you, hey, look at me lifting weights at Tuesday afternoon, you know. Like, you know, he could be at a bodega right now for all we know and just walking around in a robe like Carmelo did when he was in New York. But it doesn't mean that he's not working to get back, and it doesn't mean he doesn't want to be in San Antonio. No, no, exactly. I, I totally agree with you. That's And that's, again, why the silence will continue to be keep writing these narratives. And, you know, and you're right. It's not up to Kawhi. I mean, kind of is, but not. But it's just not his personality to go out there and put and put things out there, like you're mentioning, uh, how kind of like how Gordon, Gordon Hayward has done this. Um, let's go in and um, look, look, over, look over to Game 3, John. It's going to tip off on Thursday at 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time in San Antonio. Uh, the Warriors are already a three-point favorite, according to Las Vegas. So just like we always do, John, on the Spurs cast, uh, who do you have in this game, Game 3? I, oh man, <laughs> you know, these have never been right anyway, so I'll yeah, just take the safe okay. pick and go with Golden State and say it'll be closer. You'll see the Spurs make shots, and if not, then hopefully it was because maybe the Spurs made an adjustment to start Bertons, or maybe Tony Parker gets his offense going, and, you know, he only played six minutes in game two, and with the two days off in between, maybe he finds that lift, because even Reggie Miller mentioned it on the broadcast that he has no lift. He looks like he can't even get off the ground properly to get off a jumper. And, you know, when when you need another, you know, offensive guard that can at least, granted Tony's not the greatest three-point shooter, but if he could at least stretch the floor a little bit and give you some kind of offense, it would help tremendously their efforts in, you know, getting separation away from LaMarcus and from Rudy and kind of stretching out the Warriors' defense a little more, but... That's probably not likely. He's he seems like his gas tank's kind of done for the season, and he's he's reached that year mark since the injury. At this point, it's just kind of like, all right, time to get stronger and come back next year if he wants to come back at all. So, so you said you took the Warriors, right? Yeah, I'll take the Warriors and okay. and, and to cover. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I mean, if in your in your prediction, I would honestly think it's a sweep. Then, if if they if they drop Game Three, I think that's over. The series is over. Would you agree? Yeah. Okay. It, it, there, there's no reason for Golden State to stretch this out even more. Like, once the t- give the team, you know, time off because they've been dealing with injuries the last couple, the last month pretty badly. And, you know, the sooner that they can get healthy and, you know, just relax a little bit, the quicker that they can get Steph back to and just tear through whoever's next. Okay. So uh, I'm actually going the opposite direction. I'm actually giving the Spurs a chance. Now, this could be just me because I don't want to be wrong in my predictions. I said Warriors in six. So I want to at least look. <laughs> win a few games just like so my prediction gets closer but um you know if, if they can kind of bring that same physic physicality that that same type of approach you know i think they will make more shots uh, on on the on the road i mean at home should i say and i think that uh you know if, if pop if they can just not lose those minutes when when a uh, Kawhi and, and rudy gay are, are, are sitting or you know maybe pop does figure out some way to stagger them i think that the spurs could you know they are a different team at home they play a lot better at home they're way more confident uh so i'm going to give them a chance since they're um you know, since since again, like like you mentioned, it was basically the game was right there for them until that fourth quarter when they just basically lost in those first two minutes. Um, so I am going to give the Spurs a chance, but I agree with you that if they do drop Game Three, I think it's a sweep. I just can't see uh, San Antonio winning Game Four. I mean, that's pretty much it. They're already starting their vacation plans. The Warriors pretty much ready to move on to Round Two. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I mean, we kind of know the the inevitable fate of this this um, team, unless you know, 
so especially without Kawhi not coming back, so that's kind of what's going to ha- happen, I guess. Uh, <laughs> thanks, John, for joining me for Spurs Cast episode 492. Um, if you're on Twitter, please follow him at by John Diaz. Go out to Project Spurs and read his work. Um, also, if you're online, please uh, follow us at Project Spurs at AT League underscore NBA at the Spurs Cast at Project Spurs Network. Visit ProjectSpurs.com, AnalyzingTheLeague.com, and ProjectSpurs.net. And lastly, if you're on iTunes, please leave us a rating or review. Thank you. Have a great day.